This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the season review exclusively on AI Pro Plus. And you know what? Myself and Guy Drink will kick things off. Hopefully, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And uh, we have some more excellent guests lined up. So you know what? First up, it had to be the main man. He has to get his say on things. Uh, It's a guy that needs no introduction. We around here on Anfield Index like to call him the podfather. Um, It's Gags Tandon. Gags, welcome back. To Thank you. Being hosted by me. <laughs> I know it's been a while, hasn't it? I mean, if it was Desi, Bardi would call me the Podfather, but I suppose only the Desis will know that one. But yeah, Podfather it is. I'll take it. You will take it. And, uh, you know, uh, the guy gets a lot of respect, even though we take the mick out of him. We do love Gags Tandem. Gags, um, uh, it's a nice little catch up. So, you know what? Um, uh, Gotta ask you, um, your thoughts on the season so far. You know, it's myself and so Guy. So far, Drinkle, overall. <laughs> no, sorry, overall. As you can tell, I'm still uh, sorry. The Nunes um uh, news Things has got me a bit loopy. Yeah, it's yeah. got it's got me a bit loopy. So if anyone has noticed on that day where all the news has been broken, Gags, you know, I think revisionism is a great thing when you look back on the season. It was a bit of a roller coaster. You you went to, you know, all the finals. You saw a lot. Um, I want to get your thoughts. Yeah, the season was amazing, I thought. I, I mean, a lot of people have ended up, I think, disappointed maybe. But uh, personally, I have, you know, I think the last game of the season was disappointing, but more from what happened at the end of it. Um, you know, kind of made me feel numb through the game. And we've gone through that on another pod, so you can listen to those there. And, you know, the the result quite meaningless in the end when you look back yeah it was a bit of a sucker that you lost again in a, in a Champions League final to Real Madrid same opponents as 2018 it's a bit of a bitch to take but I think uh, you look back uh, over the season you got two cups that you didn't I didn't really expect to be in the cup competitions to be honest but 
what they did and how they elevated the season in terms of going into those last three, four weeks. I don't think the excitement's ever been as high as that level, you know, as a fan. I don't think there's ever been a position where a team could go into the last week of the season, literally the last seven days of the season. We had two games where if we if those results or things went our way in both of those games, we could be talking about a quadruple now. Fine lines, uh, people say, yeah, but at the end of the day, you're not going to be remembered by that. You're remembered by what you say. You're, you're remembered by what you preach and what you tell people. Mm-hmm. And if you keep telling people that this season was one of the greatest and about to be, then that's what they know and that's what they learn. But if you're going to be negative about it, then that's what, what gets spread. And who cares about what rival fans think? It's about us. It, we enjoyed the season. We enjoyed going to those finals and, and the process and the journey of getting there and the fun. There was a lot of glory all the way, you know, to get there. A lot of positives, a lot of uh, new stars, you know, Luis Diaz, uh, Ibrahim Canate, massive. So these new people coming in and, and making it big and there's a lot of scope for youngsters now in the next couple of years to come through when you see people like that join and, and hit it off immediately. So it, fantastic, magnificent season would have been, you know, much, you know, would have been probably one of the greatest ever had um, had we got the other two over the line, but still one of the best seasons ever still, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you kind of said, forget what rival fans think, because I love, you know, um, I love the fact that you kind of mentioned, you know, it, you know, what it meant for Liverpool supporters. And, you know, straight after the Champions League disappointment, you know, the, the fans gathered in Liverpool for a parade, which was probably bigger than Man City's who won the league. So that just speaks volumes in itself in terms of um, what the fan base felt and uh, the appreciation for this team. Gags, you're the first, I'm going to say this without being disrespectful, but you're the first fan that I'm speaking to on this series where you had the privilege of seeing some great, great, great Liverpool sides or, or a great Liverpool side in like the, the Dalglish era and Barnes era and so on. So I want to ask you, um, for me, this is the greatest ever Liverpool side that I've witnessed. I just want to get your quick thoughts on that. I think, it's the, I think it is. I think it is the greatest Liverpool side that I've ever seen as well. I'm a, you know, there were some... They were great sides, you know. I can't remember the mid eighties, but the late eighties was one is was the best I ever saw. But mm. you know, I didn't witness either of those win a double in any way. You know, at the end of the day, uh, they were they were again like this team, fine lines, man. They really suffered from fine lines as well. Uh, last minute goal in eighty nine, Wimbledon in eighty eight. You know, they were those they were some couple of double doubles there. Mm. in 88, 89, that they would have been... But look, we still hold them in high regard. We They're still revered, mm-hmm. even though those last-minute things happened, those or those unfortunate losses happened. Real Madrid, the loss feels like Wimbledon to me. Yeah. That's taking the piss, maybe, but hey, Madrid, you fucking deserve it. You played like Wimbledon. You smashed and you grabbed. That's what happened. And so when we can look back on that side... And with so much fondness and say how great they were. And we lost out by eight minutes, eight minutes in a game for Stevie to hold on, his team to hold on, for us to be champions. We would have been champions. Eight minutes it was. So at the end of the day, this is the fine line. There's no way, you know, that people can say mm. things like things like that when you compare back I mean there's there can't be a better team than this one even the one that won the CL in maybe the CL one 1819 is close because again they were a point away but they won the Champions League you know but 
they they had only two two things to focus on. This team at the end of the season had three. They'd already won one. They had three at the end of the season to focus on. They had mm-hmm. the FA Cup the quarters, the semis, the final. Still takes a lot out of you. It causes fixture yep. congestion. You know, maybe if we didn't have one of those, the Spurs game would have gone differently. You know, uh, who knows? Maybe there would be more fresher legs against Spurs. They wouldn't have gone to 1-1. We win the title. Who knows? But point is, we still had a great time. Those Wembley finals were unbelievable. Those Wembley trips were unbelievable this season. Like, you ask any fan that went to those and said, would you take them back? I don't think they will. I think they really enjoyed it. I think they really had a great time and, and built something. Champions League as well, going all the way again. Still a great feat, man. Still a great feat. So, yeah, they've got to be the greatest squad, I think, that we've ever had. Let's say that way. Team, we probably can argue um, for 11 you know, bang on top 11 yeah. against everybody else. 18-19 is 19-20 mm-hmm. We're a very good team. You know what I mean? When you hold them in that height. Mm-hmm. But the squad, though, is a different level now. Yes. There's more people. There's more players. There's more quality. So if they keep that size or they expand on the size, maybe they reduce the size by removing players that aren't going to play as much with players that do or are going to play more. Mate. Jesus, this could be, yeah, the next season could be the best squad we've ever had at Liverpool FC. Watch this space, right, Gags? Um, you you kind of give a really, really nice overview there. But so I want to kind of, I want you to, um, you know, pinpoint your your favourite match of the season. It can be any match. Obviously, Liverpool played a lot of games. They've played every game humanly possible. So um, take it away. My favourite game? Yeah. Jesus. Okay. I think winning trophies is important. So I think the FA Cup final was probably greatest. Ah, okay, that's late. That's next. So we'll do great. Greatest game is definitely United yes. losing. Lose uh, United losing to us five nil, and losing to us four nil. I think are probably the greatest. Uh, two. I had that as well. Two fixtures that we we you know I don't think we've ever done that before. Nine mm. nil against them in total, and it could have been worse as well. And literally put our foot off the ga- the gas for like half of those games it's a fucking joke so it could have been like 15 nil so yeah i mean greatest greatest match favorite match just for the piss that was boiled after the old trafford five nil is i don't think we're ever gonna see that again ever again or maybe i won't be around for to see it again so uh, any season that has that i have to um i have to i have to keep that yeah definitely Absolutely. And, you know, like we always talked about, you know, the Rafa hammering, uh, you know, Fergie's boys there. Exactly, it's overtaken it. Yeah, it's overtaken it, absolutely. Like, okay, (laughs) I've got my words muddled up there, my question. So your favourite moment, I mean, like, I don't know if you listen, but for me, um, I had Alison taking the mick out of Pickford. (laughs) That is hilarious. I I think, um, I think favourite moment is Simicast rolling in the penalty to win it. Uh, I I think because me and Cam were at the game and, when we looked up um, at, you know, Hendo picking the trophy, we both looked at each other and went, fucking hell, that's our childhood. We've mm-hmm. missed this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So so just being able to win that trophy again after a long time, a lot of people have always said, yeah, you Liverpool don't win the FA Cup and this and that. It's just nice to get your name in the cup again. Yeah. And it was nice from a, you know, from looking back type of thing to our childhood uh, to, to recreate that. And now I- in fully fledged adult mode, be able to witness us win it is uh, it was an actually great feeling and Cam kept saying to me this is the one 
And I think when you record with him later in the week, you'll probably get the same thing. I'm, and we haven't colluded, by the way, on this. But he'd probably say the FA Cup as well because it just felt very special on the day. Even the Carabao felt special because we beat those twats, Chelsea. But obviously beating them the second time, um, but for a bigger trophy. And 10 years on from losing to them in the Yeah, man. That's why I thought it was, I really thought it was going to be the revenge season Mm. against City, Chelsea and Real Madrid. But hey, didn't work out. At least we knocked out City of the uh, FA Cup semi, which is a good moment as well. A very favourite moment, I should say. Uh, knocking them out of the semi because over the season they got the edge on the winning the league. They got knocked out of the Champions League, which is great for us. We hate them winning that, so they haven't won it. But um, over the three games against them, to be on top with one win and two draws, it's always a nice little bragging right as well. I think, yeah, yeah, that was Guy Drinkle's favourite match as well, by the way. Um, the semi? Uh, yeah, hammering yeah, Man City. Yeah. And we were just kind of speaking, it wouldn't have been great had those two fixtures been the other way around, like we played them in the FA Cup first and then in the league later, because I felt like in that first half, we just completely dominated them. Guys, probably would have, yeah, probably beat them again. Would yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Like we said, fine margins and, uh, you know, um, a very nearly kind of situation. Gags, I have to go there. Your worst match. Just a match, not... Yeah, so match, I think this... Uh, that's going to be Leicester, I think. Losing to Leicester. Mm-hmm. One knows worse because it's just like everyone felt it was over. Everyone felt the season was done, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of that. And it was a negative place to be, especially because we battered them as well. Yes. So from a match, if we had just taken another point from that game, we'd be level. But again, we didn't have enough goals, so we would have still lost the season. Maybe it'd been more painful if it was level and losing it and <laughs> God. But um yeah, winning that though is the season, right? That's the that's the league title. That's the one game where you expect us to win no matter what. They're a pile of shit, that team. And they were outclassed on the day and they stole one. And coming away from that game without any points at all was hard one to take really. Yeah. So especially when the reserves beat the first their first team a few days earlier. I think. Yes, yes, in, yes. In the Carabao. Yep. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was a tough one. And that's looks like a pivotal moment in the season when you look at it in terms of winning the Premier League. So, and, you know, we could talk about all the draws, but to be honest, that one game, we, we when you talk about like the Brentfords, they created plenty of chances and the, 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 the Brighton, we didn't deserve to win that game against Brighton. They were really good that day at home, with, you know, against us. Mm-hmm. There were some games just where, you know, the two draws against City, they could have easily won those as well. We were under the cosh for quite a long time in those games. So, but the one game that we should have won, we didn't. And that was that Leicester game. You know what? Great minds think alike because I had that down from my, you know. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. I haven't listened yet, no. Well. I'm not copying you. It's not Desi. Yeah, he is. He's been copying my homework, people. This is what happens. Now you know he's not original at all. Right, Gags. Um you've you've spoke about your worst match there. Worst moment. Yeah, it's gonna be the Champions League final. I think mm-hmm. worst moment is the start and end of the game. Yes. Start yes. not knowing what's going on outside when the worrying things start happening and we start tweeting about, you know, people telling the truth. You know, whenever the truth word gets used again, it's not a good time. It's just not a good time to be a Liverpool fan when you're having to say, you know, that you, people, can you please tell the truth to people? 
Yeah, I am grateful for that we are in an era of social media. I know people yeah, back yeah, in, yeah. but so no, much, you know, so much journalism came out. Yeah, in that there were celebrities that yes. got caught. Yes, and journal- journalists and celebrities. Yes, got caught and they it. saw it and they reported because it that is their word is taken way, way yes. higher than ours, right? Agreed. As a, as, and as a as a fan, yes, and as a person, they'll call bias. But as a celebrity, someone like Gary Lineker, for example, mm-hmm. who who, you know, his bias is towards Leicester and other teams and Champions League, he won't, you know, won't be against... More towards Everton, let's be honest. Oh, yeah, of course. Everton's <laughs> a former Everton player. Yeah. So for him to come out and just lay it on thick, mm-hmm. real thick, and tell people straight that this is UEFA, you know, that's a big television pundit and uh, personality. You got caught in it and coming out. And obviously you've got the dog leashes and their family. You know, Kelly and Lauren were, were all over it, you know, mm-hmm. and... Uh, and to be fair, what the fan base has done since has been, you know, unbelievable. Yeah. Just been really, really respectful with it. Uh, no one's got, cra- you know, crazy mad about it. But they've t- they've turned the anger into, make it into a proper campaign to fight it. And that's, yeah. you know, they've got experience of it, which is sad to say. That's the thing. Mm. And uh, But yeah, that's the worst moment, having to, having to, to see people go through horrible things at a football match yeah. people that you know as well uh, and you guys were in you know you guys were all there and I remember going yeah so there's some survivor it, guilt yeah. there's some survivor guilt for everybody that got away scot-free like we did we didn't get a, we didn't get you know yeah. the only oh. thing that we had pain was from the game and then also how much we walked that was it but everybody else all the other people got stuff sprayed in their eyes beaten up yeah, punched mugged awful. lost money awful. you know just yeah it's not a not a nice time it's not a nice moment so yeah that's definitely the the worst moment the game isn't it's not about the game it's about the before and after I completely agree and I kind of mentioned it on my little section as well like you know the game was over and I was obviously thinking about you guys there not knowing if you were safe or not naturally you know you you know you know people there and I just remember reaching out to you guys in the group and saying you know what the results secondary please get home safe because you know there was just so much worry and anxiety of of what was happening you know after the match as well it's just disgusting and you know hopefully hopefully um uh, the the people responsible will be held accountable and um, here's hoping to that and uh I love the response of the Liverpool supporters and just the overall reaction to what happened. Gags, um, we've had a few, you know, fresh energy and fresh legs been put into this squad. We have the, all, you know, the, the, the usual guys doing their best um, this season. So if you had to pick a player of the year, if Gags Tandon could award, give an award to one of the lads, who would it be and why? Player of the year? Mm-hmm. Has to be Mo Salah. It just has to be Mo Salah just because of the, the what he did the first half of the season. Yes. And the numbers he was scraping up. What happened at AFCON was a bit sad for him, but I'm giving it to Mo just because he still pulled out those numbers. And as people are saying, he's as bad as he was. He was still a goal goal involvement more than Mane in the second half since they came back. So that's goals and assists combined. He was still doing a lot more involved in goals than Mane was. And people were probably surprised in that, but... It's that's the truth, man. You know, so yeah, I'm still giving it to Mo. Uh, without that start at the, at the in that first half of the season, it doesn't set you the rest of your season up to get mm-hmm. to where you are now. So uh, where we got to in the end. So yeah, absolutely, Mo Salah gets player of the the year for me. 
I like that Guy Drinkle went with that shout as well. Um, uh, completely agreed. The first half of the season, I think people forget what, you know, I think people forget the, the first half of the season, don't they? So I'm glad that you kind of highlight that. And so did Guy Drinkle, great shout. And I think a lot of people will probably agree with you there as well um, with regards to Mo Salah. And obviously just unfortunate what happened with Afghan and of course um, Egypt being um, knocked out of um, the World Cup by, by Senegal. Again, gags. Right, this is like a personal thing for you now. Your favourite AI podcast you enjoyed listening to or taking part in. I mean, you've not listened, but I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. My favourite podcast, obviously, you know what kind of season I've had this year, but my favourite podcast this season has to be your and Cam's um, uh, uh, FA Cup one. Oh, God, yeah. Like, just the stories. I just, I've never laughed so hard at a podcast in my life that is about football and one, but you guys uh, are taking nice piss. To, yeah, it was I, nice I, to take the piss out of Cam. Yeah, he's an easy target to be fair. You need to, yeah, you need to up your game. <laughs> yeah, I was I like really, really bits, laughing. So, so you've done loads of like these podcasts, you know, you've been involved in a lot. So um I've got a couple of favourites to record actually. The car pod, because you mentioned it, I'm not gonna go there. But I think the two dissies with Sanjeev Bhaskar and Baji, mm-hmm. I think the first one we were recording like five hours or something, honestly. Like it was the pod was two hours long, but we had a chat before, we had a chat after. It was just like such a mental laugh on uh, the first finals one, and we were very excited because it was like you know we're in we're in the final for the for, the, for both. I think no, it was a Carabao. Yeah, it was a Carabao one. Uh, the second one was good as well because it, uh, both of them are favourites because we were just very clever with what we did on those in terms of Bargy's, um synopsis was really 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 cute in terms of how we did it. And we bought up some really good desified stuff on them and mixed them up really well in terms of desi experiences and mixed it up with Liverpool chat. And I just thought two of them were two maybe of the best that we've done on desi. It was really a lot of fun. And plus the added, um, you know, X factor of Sanjeev Bhaskar Paji is is amazing. And he he himself, like, just so easy to speak to as a mm-hmm. as a celebrity. You'd think it'd be tough, but it's not. He just makes it just makes it all comfortable. So the three of us together just talking, just time went. We didn't even know two hours had gone and one of them. It was just mad. So yeah, it was they were they were really good pods. Feel free, kind of chilled out, laugh on pods, you know. Whereas when you're doing a UP or something else, you've got to be focused, you've got to understand what you're saying or listen. This one was just enjoy and laid back and just have a laugh take the piss out of each other or picks out the stories we're telling but yeah that, that was good right listeners if you're not listening to them podcasts do listen to them they are also on ai pro and on the free side as well do check them out and yeah i do enjoy your podcast with sanjeev Bhaskar. and when you guys get together for like desi i completely forgot to mention my side as well i really enjoyed our desi christmas as well it was just like oh just shit so yeah much. that was yeah. so good yeah yeah another one yeah, yeah there's only been like three or four desi this year but they've been bangers they have yeah, so do check them out, people. The preseason one is going to be funny, I'm sure. It's going to be funny, I'm sure. It'll be hilarious. No pressure, Barge. Yeah, and definitely no pressure, Cam. Just be you. And you know what? We've hit gold. Bill, you know? Bill, 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 Bill. Bill. <laughs> I think we changed his name, you know. Talking about which, that boy eats disgusting things, but that's another podcast. Oh, God, and another, another day, yep. 
Um, uh, we're we're going to have to word about that, Cam, when I get you on this show. Right, uh, Gags, um, it's that time, it's silly season, isn't it? And today, obviously, I, I kind of went a bit loopy because obviously the Nunes news and obviously Sadio Mane, there's all that kind of situation going on yeah. as well. So transfer windows, hopes and expectations. You know, we you said this is a great side and, you know, we are a great squad. Completely agree with you, but we're just being um, pipped by um, a, a monster. So, um what yeah, we've only got ourselves to blame for the bits and pieces that we messed up on. The final, we should have put chances away and uh, we lost to Leicester, we should have won. The, the season's completely different, like I said earlier. So uh, it's just, uh, the squad doesn't need too much changing. Mane going is a bit of a blow, but Mane, let's be honest, guys, he has been inconsistent over two years. You know, after his massive season, he has been up and down a little bit. First half of the season wasn't as good as the second and even in the second, he still got pipped by, by Mo. So, um, you know, Maybe bringing in a youngster, a hungry player like Darwin, might just uh, rejuvenate. As we we also have been missing that cutting edge up front in terms of a poacher, a striker uh, who can score any type of goal, header, tap in, banger from anywhere. You know, so this is the guy. This is the guy that's going to be able to do that. So, from my point of view, you and also Manis started playing up front. So it's like for like really in the end with, with Diaz coming in. Uh, having Jota who can play left with Diaz as well. This guy, Nunes, can play left and centre. We've got Carvalho in now who apparently can play across the front three. Uh, I think that'll be used sparingly, but then you've got Mo and Bobby still around, you know? So it's still loads of talent and uh, exciting to see what this guy does. I'm really gutted that we couldn't get Chiromeni who's gone to Madrid, but mm-hmm. he was definitely, you know, someone we wanted and had got far in negotiations with, but unfortunately, obviously the Mbappe stuff um, messed that transfer up because he was, I think, nailed on to come to us if it wasn't for that. So big shame there. And now, you know, there's a lot of people leaving. So it looks like Taki's going with 17-odd million. Nico and Nat look like they might leave. Um, And Ox as well looks like, you know, Paul Joyce said he could leave. So if you've got Mane, Ox, Nico, Nat, I reckon that's close to 100 million there, you know. In the end, with 40-ish for, for, for Mane, 15 Nico, 10 Nat. The next eight boys Nico. will be disappointed. Yeah, 17 Nico, and, no, 15 Nico, 17 Taki, and 18 Oxish, I'd say, is what I'd guess. Okay. Turns out to have, that's around 100 million. So if you're, if you're then getting Darwin in, you've still got money in the bank, you know, for, for another, another player. So the interesting thing is, what do they go for? Do they go for a striker or do they go for a midfielder? And there's, I, I don't know who they're going for. There's a bit of a surprise or a, you know, they're keeping it under wraps at the moment, Liverpool, but lots of links and names out there to uh, other players. So, yeah, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. But I, I'd hope for a midfielder. I think we need a midfielder. Yes, I agree. And also positive um, news about maybe... Um, uh, contract talks about Naby Keita as well, you know. Yeah, so and, and Mo. Hopefully, yeah. they both stay. Yeah, that'd yes. be great. Wonderful, wonderful, right, Gags? We we always look ahead. That's what we do as local supporters. So, your hopes for next season? I mean, it was a fantastic season this season, but what do you expect next year? Next season? Um, I think we should be in every competition again. Um, you know, and I think the main thing really next year, the focus has got to be winning one of the big two. You know, it's got to be winning the Champions League or the Premier League, if you can take both, take mm-hmm. both. But um, if you've got the squad to do it and you get lucky with some injuries, great. But otherwise, it's, it will be a success if the Premier League or the Champions League is won. So 
that's where, Nin, I'd like us to focus. Nice, nice, nice. And obviously with those players that you're kind of talking about that we potentially bring in as well, you know, hopefully it makes us, um, you know, hopefully a different beast than this season, which wasn't too bad, was it, Gags? Um, you know, no, so brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to let you go because I know you're pressed for time. But just quickly, um, transfers this year. I mean, like, how do you feel about transfer season in general? Because like, in the past, they've always kind of like, messed me up because I felt like there was too much noise in, in the media and we were just linked to every single kind of player. How do you feel like things going now um, with Liverpool? Yeah, going great. I think everything's going fine. I think um, I think we're doing the right business. I do trust in the process. So mm. I've got no fears about transfer the transfer window. I just think, you know, we could do our business, get it done. Um, hopefully we can do some planning ahead of time. But apart from that, I just, yeah, I just hope we get the players we want. And uh, I've got full trust in the recruitment process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 simple. Wonderful. Well, Gags, uh, thank you so much for that. Really enjoyed our little chit-chat. Thank you, Nin. Yep, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. That was Gags Tandon. I'm going to take a half time break, have a little team talk, and I'm going to bring on my next guest. So stay tuned and watch this space, and we'll be back soon. Hey, guys. Welcome back to um, NAI Pro Plus podcast, where we are doing the season reviews with some of our best contributors on Anfield Index. Hope you enjoyed part one, half time taken, um, you know, put on the kettle, had a cup of tea. Now it's time to talk to my other guests. So, you know, you've heard from Gags Tandon. So it's only fair, it's only fair that we keep this a bit of a Daisy affair and we get the co-host of the Daisy podcast on, the awesome, the calm, the guy that gets away with taking the mick out of me, but it's all good. It's a guy that needs no introduction. He's loved by everyone on Anfield Index and our listeners and um, and the Anfield Index community. It is Harinda Singh, also known as the Baji of Anfield Index. Welcome to the show. Thank you for such a, a brilliant introduction there. I don't really know what to say. I'm it pretty much does, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it usually, it's usually me who does it as well. I'm like a newly promoted side, you know, like starts off great and then just the wheels fall off. You should know this. You should know this. I mean, I, I mean, look, we're, we're in the second quarter of the year. This is the bit where you should do your quarterly reporting in respect to, you know, how, how muggings are going for you. Is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> has there been an increase in profit? You know, income yeah, overall. Well, I'll give you a little spoiler alert. Um, a spoiler alert. Gained a bit of weight. Can't fit through windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, street, street only. <laughs> uh, j- joking aside, it's good to not be talk- not to think about football for a bit. Genuinely, is that has been a long season, man. It has been a long season and the Reds have actually played every game possible. And I keep saying that on every podcast, I keep hosting on, on this um, on this um, Pro Plus side of things. Uh, Harinda, you um, uh, obviously have been to a fair few finals this season. You've seen a lot. You always follow the Reds. Um, I call you my pitch side report on the Nina Kauser show. Um, uh, you know, you always, always keep me in check and balance. So I want to ask you, um, uh, 
you know, it's good to kind of, like you said, the football season's over. So now, you know, you can sit back and reflect. So I want to get your thoughts of uh, the season as a whole. How how do you think it went and what were your overriding feelings? Do you know what? My overall feeling is that I'm glad it's over. There is a bit of relief that the season is over, believe you me. Not in the way that it should have ended for one of them, definitely, um, in regards to the Champions League final. Um, but there's a relief that it's over because like the 63 match season, whatever it is, is a killer on anybody's home life, right? Um, and it's and for me, I kind of paced myself really nicely up until March ish, and then the United games came, and the Champions League came, games came, and you're like, right, you know what? You get to April, and it's like, right, we could do this on all fronts. Yeah, we could really do this on all fronts, and you don't want to miss history. That that's the thing; it's the FOMO of missing history. Mm. Yeah, if the quad had happened in the way that it could have, you want to say that you were there when it happened, but you couldn't tell where it could happen. But I mean, so many peaks and troughs in respect to April and twists and turns and that kind of feeling. Um, and Sky would have loved it, right? It's just like Martin Tyler's wet dream almost in respect to have a season finished and ended. Um, but from a, a Liverpool fan perspective, it's exciting, but it can be draining. And it can be draining emotionally because on the home life front, you're saying to people, yep, yeah, you know, I'm going to get yeah, another one, another one. Yeah, what another one? You know, it's a bit like that mean lady when she's when they're talking about general elections. Yeah. Because what? Another one <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah, it's that kind of feeling, you know, and also then your home life, you're trying to balance things um, and not only balance it from where you are, but also where other people need to be. You know, and that's sometimes it takes its toll. It's not always fair on everybody as well. Um, and you get to hear about how unfair it all is as well. And also you get to hear about the pain for it. So that's why in the Desi pods, I was very, 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 very um, keen to point out the uh, sacrifice of my wife and thanking her. So thank mm-hmm. you again, Rapinda Core and AWMB and everybody else involved in it um, for all that you've kind of allowed to happen this season. So I know I've got a lot of making up to do because it's, lots of people are going to say to me now you need to go and do it the other way around so i'll, I'll try my best on that one <laughs> so yeah that's it i'm kind of glad it's over it's been long um i think the players you could kind of see it in the players a little bit as well whether we like to believe that or not that's my kind of feeling that um they, they were they were tired like they were genuinely tired by the end of it and it showed i think in respect to the performances against wolverhampton although we won three one um goals earlier may have changed or skewed things elsewhere who knows but then also in the Champions League final um we come across Thibaut Courtois and decided to have a worldie mm. and you're like for fuck's sake <laughs> like really today 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 Thibaut I mean you 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 know so such is life but yeah um, obvious season for me in season thoughts we played fantastically at times sometimes we played a little bit lackadaisically and paid for it and overall it panned out the way it was meant to I suppose from a fate perspective and the destiny now is see what happens next season I kind of like the fact that you kind of mentioned obviously we've done a few of these pods now and the you know hopefully the listeners do enjoy them but I like the fact that you said that it just you you spoke about the family aspect of things as well and it's a good insight you know to to share with the listeners as well like you know us as um contributors are like I felt like I couldn't really like enjoy like the semi-final of Villarreal because I had a game you know I did Euro incision then it's like right got to think about the league now there was just so much to think about it felt like a bit of a 
I don't like a conveyor belt of games and, you know, big, important games, which was great. But, you know, you couldn't like just sit down and now you can and you can kind of look back on the season. And yeah, you've got a lot of making up to do to the missus, um, literally, you know, for you just um, supporting them. And, uh, you know, I'm glad you mentioned uh, that. Yeah, yeah, as I said, I, I was good until March, April time. And then it was just like, the, the kid in you takes over. Yeah. You know, you feel that you want to be there, especially if you've like been traipsing up and down the country for God knows how long and abroad for like 10, 11 seasons. Like, yes. I mean, there's people, there's people who've done worse and done more, granted. Um, and I don't know how they do it and how they manage it, but, you know, I am, on, I am on awe to them in respect to their skill set. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm, sh- I'm sure you'll be following suit. Right, Faji. So you kind of spoke about your overall thoughts on the season and you absolutely enjoyed it. It's going to be very hard. Um, but if you could pick your favourite match of the season, it could be in any domestic uh, league or, you know, in, in, in it could be the domestic league. It could be any of the cup competitions. Um, basically, the floor is yours. <laughs> they will play plenty of games. Dead, this is easy for me. So my favourite match isn't what people think it would be. So I've saved my favourite moment for that part. So my favourite match is actually Wolves away. And the reason why, the reason why it was Wolves away is because that reunion, you know, post so many things that had gone on in the world due to COVID, we hadn't seen some of our friends for 18, 19 months. So March 2020 was the last time I physically saw gags. That's madness, isn't it? Considering, considering, yeah, yeah, exactly. When you look at that, considering how much we saw each other through matches and Champions League matches and AI stuff and everything else, physically not having seen somebody for 18 months, 19 months odd is massive. You know, you just look at that from a life perspective that you haven't seen somebody physically for that period of time. I've actually, I've actually not seen Gags since um, March um, at 2020. Yeah, and he's really enjoying that fact. (laughs) (laughs) he does look a lot younger (laughs) he looks happier and less stressed because of it um I don't know whether that's because he works with me now um because we work for the same company but I just he's just much more happier I I just I'll put it down to the fact that he doesn't see you um but yeah I mean joking aside in seriousness that was massive like I hadn't seen him in such a long time like you know you physically feel that that you haven't seen somebody for that period um and from an away match perspective, like obviously the Sings and everybody else and Cam, I'd kind of seen them here or there and been with Cam to a few matches, et cetera, et cetera. But that collective reunion hadn't happened of people. And it was massive walking down towards um, the stadium, you know, from parking up and everything else and just being together like, because we hadn't done that in such a long time in such a long time. And then also this is during the whole Omicron, will we, won't we again kind of period as well about to kick in so sorry not omicron omicron apologies for getting wrong um you know that that whole that whole time it's just been a blur and now when you think about covid or you think about things it's become i wouldn't say an afterthought but it's going more and more towards the back of my mind and and i think probably for my family as well as a whole that it's getting more and more to the back of my mind like we don't have certain protocols or protections or things that we do in public spaces anymore and the less that the less you see of that the more blurring it becomes yeah 
I, I hear you on that. And I love the fact that you kind of um, picked your favourite moment on a, on a personal level as well, you know, seeing, you know, your friends. Um, it probably felt like familiarity and like a bit of normality back to your, your football traditions. Oh, completely. Routines. Yeah. Completely. Mm. It's, it's so much that because what, what, do, what did people crave the most? during the whole lockdown but normality people just wanted to go back to normality you know the whole aspect of what's considered normal you know and social interaction is what's considered normal for most yeah. people yeah I mean like the football came back last season we were so happy remember when um, obviously it was postponed the the season that we won the league and we were like craving it craving it. we were watching all school games like the you know um, the, the, they were showing retro games on Sky Sports and we were just craving football and then it came behind closed doors and we were really grateful and last season not this season that's just gone by the way the one was the one that was behind closed doors for a majority of it and you know what? It was, you know, I remember watching, they, they were showing some of the games over the summer. They do that, don't they, on Sky. I remember watching that and feeling like this is so alien and it feels so wrong. It felt so soulless. You know? And the fact that this season the fans were back, it really helped the team, you guys meeting each other. I mean, it, it felt was, massive. I mean, I went yeah. to the Crystal Palace match, which allowed only 10,000 odd fans or so. Yeah. Um, and that was the first reunion reunion so to speak and it felt you were happy to be there but you knew so many things were missing yeah yeah so it felt a little bit hollow as well at the same time mm. so it was exciting but hollow so it's not really the same kind of feeling or essence of your match day so to speak and then with regards to season opening it was great because you just felt so alive again to have such a buzz but you know there was always this thing hanging over in regards to restrictions of capacity and everything else um and they didn't materialize luckily i say luckily because it just was it was close to the bone in respect to things happening due to omicron and um other things in the world and other variants like delta etc cetera, etc cetera, that could have derailed the season and fan attendance again um and this is from my time and speaking on the ticketing forums with liverpool football club um, and hearing what was going on, it, it got close. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad it didn't happen in the end. Um, but yeah, it, it makes you appreciate quite a lot. And you always sit there and think, you know, like lots of people said to me, oh, you know, I'm going to go to every single match. I'm not going to miss anything ever again. And this is blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't happen either. That doesn't happen either. Like, you know, you just sit there and you, you go back to your regular match habits. So the appreciation of what was missing it kind of disappeared a little bit as well. Mm. You know, first we were desperate for it. It came back and it was almost like as if we'd forgotten what we'd missed out on and just, you kind of revert back to normal. But that in itself is a saving grace, I think. Because again, it's all about readjustment and going back to normal, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right then, Faji. So that was your favourite match. Now, see you. What was your favourite moment? (laughs) Right. My favourite Can, I, can I just jump you first? Can I just jump you first? I got a feeling that somewhere in the memory of the season that Man United fan tweeting or Instagramming something might be in there when we beat them 5-0. Which pit where the United fan goes, we got hope. Yeah. We got hope. <laughs> Come on, Cristiano, we got hope. <laughs> it's one of my favorite moments, and I was at there. I always laugh at that. But yeah, <laughs> so that guy works for Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> and my cousin. Um, 
That match is the favourite moment, though. The United 5-0, 4-0 at half-time, the old toilets in complete disarray. What's not to like? Mm. It is the 5-0 is the best moment. And the thing is that you can't just say any one part of it. You know, it's the 5-0 as a whole. It's not my favourite match because as a match, it wasn't really a match. A match involves two teams actually really being pitted against each other, like, a bit like us against uh, Man City. That's a match. This was a parade. Literally, we went there and paraded all over Old Trafford and pissed on their chips and pissed on their future completely. Um, and Ole managed to get a reprieve, bless him, which didn't last very long. Bless him again. And they're in the mire, right? And now I don't, I don't gloat about them being in the mire because I think that's a bit classless. I don't think that um, I spend too much time thinking about it. But every now and again, when you realise that they're much shitter than they ever could be, after all the money that they spunked against the wall, you're like going, <laughs> and then you carry on in life. So apologies to those that wish that, you know, that we're somehow obsessed by them. We're fucking not, mate. <laughs> Calm down. Um, it's just that you provide humour uh, right at the correct time, basically. It's a parody of a club. It's a bit of a joke in respect to what they're trying to do and how they're trying to go about it. Mm. So you get to laugh at it. You absolutely do. And, you know, like, obviously we know a lot of Man United supporters, don't we? And, you know uh, and I think I'll, that adds I'll, to it. I'll paraphrase it correctly. Situational comedy. They're a sitcom. You yeah. watch it like as if it's a piece of, you know, it's, it's papery, wavery kind of shit. It's in, in the background. And you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's time pass. Laughing <laughs> at them. That's about, that's about as good as it gets with them. They're time passed for laughing at. They are. I mean, like my neighbour is a, is a United fan. So obviously in those games, like he went hiding, like he never came out to say anything or, you know, usually when Liverpool like kind of lose a game, he'll come out and kind of like try taunting. And he did it for the Champions League final. He went, what happened to you? You lost, you know, yada, yada, yada. Just that maybe next season you can go on to win it. Knowing what I've just said, knowing where they finished. And he just went really quiet and looked at me and went back into his house. It's your united neighbour uncle and mum bless her and brother-in-law is yeah i've got about the brother-in-law oh yeah shit oh he's apparently he's comfort eating and everything he's he's not in a good place he's not he's in a bad moment as Klopp would say (laughs) (laughs) so in this moment as Klopp would say also um they're not even in the champions league yeah exactly they they were sniffing between whether they're going to be in the conference or the europa yep that was the only two league choices that they had. And luckily at the last day, the decision was almost made for them by West Ham. So that's how close it kind of got. The fact that they want to feign some degree of relevance to something is hilarious. The whole Darwin Nunes stuff is even more funny, given what's happening at the weekend in comparison to what's happening right now. Um, again, again for them, because that's Thiago, Fabinho, oh. Who else was it that they said they were definitely getting Luis Diaz? They were definitely getting Luis Diaz as well at one point. Um, and Sadio Mane. Yep. Yeah, Sadio Mane. I remember the pod with you. I remember that uh, when we talked about Sadio Mane coming to Liverpool so many seasons ago mm-hmm. and how much money, but, and even more money than we ended up spending to get him, that they applied back in January 2017, I think it was, mm-hmm. that they were so desperate to get him and it didn't happen. And six months later, he comes to us. As I would say in the most colloquial um, Liverpool sense, Saza Bayou. I can't do a Scouse accent to save my life, so I'm not even going to try to. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's my favourite moment, 100%.
it's not a bad favourite moment. And um, have to go there. Your worst match. So my worst match was the Chelsea draw. Not the home one, but the away one. You're 2-0 up and it finishes 2 all. And that just felt like a proper kick in the balls at the time. Because we'd started well enough and we were taking the piss out of them at one point. So we score our two goals. I'm thinking, you know what, this is it. Just defend, keep it nice and simple. Another two goals in the second half would be great. They're obviously my neighbours. I don't like them very much. They don't like me very much. Feelings mutual, folks. No problems. Um, so yeah, that 2-0 going to 2 all. And the way we were undone, you know, it's like, you're like going, come on, guys. And to be undone twice so quickly in that manner. The first one, okay. Second one, you're like, for fuck's sake. Wasn't it a bit of a worldly go by? Was it Kovacic or somebody? Is that the one? Kovacic was the first one. Yeah. The second yeah. one, though, like in Pulisic. Like, so, you know, yes. to, to, to give him that momentum. Yes. And it, it just, it was just horrid, right? Mm. Like, genuinely was like, you're like, fuck off. Um... And after that, you know, obviously then Leicester followed. And you're like, okay. And I didn't think our season was in disarray at that point in time or anything stupid like that. But it was more a case of whereby just because of who they were and how it happened, um, that that was my worst personal moment, I suspect, in regards to feeling. So I tried to think about things in respect to matches rather than things that or events that are pre-match or post-match because without fail, the Champions League would win that. Um, not because of my own personal experiences, but because of what happened to everybody else. You know, that was an absolute shit show. And today we have the French police saying that, you know, we got it wrong. You know, and they're apologising for tear-gassing fans. Well, the thing is that, you know, when you apologise 12 and a bit days later, it's a bit of a shitty apology. Yeah, it don't feel you know? so genuine, does it? It doesn't feel so genuine at all. No, it's just because you're, people are saying things now because, without saying too bad, it wasn't as if the evidence wasn't overwhelming at the point in time. You know, you say it the day after, two days after, I kind of understood. 12 days later, go fuck yourselves, literally. And you know what? my heart. Absolutely. And I was speaking to guys about this as well. And, you know, we always bash social media, but honest got the power of it in, you know, in situations like this where, you know, um, it was literally like well-known journalists, you know, people respected in the public figure, sort of speak, coming out saying, no, 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 it's not the fans, it's not the fans. And we got the true version of the council, what was going on. It was great that it was fans who were there because it was the Champions League final as a spectacle rather than um, sort of reporters and journalists who who are patch, so to speak. Now, Mm. patch journalists were impacted also. People who cover Liverpool on a whole and were impacted also but non-Liverpool journalists like Mark Ogden works the Telegraph primarily Man United right yep seriously impacted by this yeah and you have the likes of Gary Lineker you have the likes of um was it oh god I can never remember his name Henry Winter was talking a lot about it as well wasn't he Henry Winter yeah um and many others. And Rob Draper. Like, I don't really know much about Rob Draper, but obviously his experience is one that's absolutely harrowing. Jason McAteer and what happened yeah. to his wife and kids. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, just genuinely when you speak to fans and people that I know that I go to the match with and what happened to them, you feel sick. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I remember being, this is the, the, social media is good in one way, bad in another. Yeah. Um, WhatsApp, I kind of treat as like the borderline of communication and social media. Yeah, I don't treat it like proper messaging. 
um, but I treat it as a case of whereby it's that kind of blur almost. And yeah, people in groups who suffered, you know, they actually have told you, I've been tear gassed, my ear, so I've been tear gassed, my eyes are still streaming. I wake up with crystals of tear gas kind of type of shit in my eyes oh, rather than waking up normally. You know, and my breathing's not really great after all this either. And you're like going, mate, you okay? You feel like shit, are you okay? Like this has happened. Like, well, what, who else, is everyone else all right? Kind of thing. Like normal, natural kind of reactions. And then people want to go and talk about fucking transfers. And you're like, are you, on the day, like on the aftermath of everything you just heard about, your first concern is who are we going to buy? Because Saudi Amani may be going to buy Munich. Honest, really? Really? Your, your logic cell goes like that? Your head goes, I compute this has happened, which has affected many fans and people that I know personally. This is mm-hmm. an individual say. And, you know, and these are people I go and ask spares for, I go and ask for tickets for, I go and ask, you know, oh, my God, mate, can you sort me out kind of thing? But yeah. when that same person you're asking all these questions to has told you, you know, I was tear gassed, I was pepper sprayed, I was beaten. And I went to something that was supposed to be a crowning moment of glory for our football team. And one of the greatest experiences I should have, which has just turned into the most shittest football experience ever. Um, and shittest life, more possibly one of the shittest life experiences ever. But you're more worried about whether Sadia Man is going to stay or not. And who are Bayern Munich going to go? Where's he going to go to Bayern Munich? And who are we going to get? Your priority was that rather than asking the person who's been telling you for the last 10, minute, 10 hours or so how bad they're feeling. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, genuinely, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I apologize, you know what? profusely to people who who think in a different manner or may have a different opinion to me that's okay you can have a different opinion uh, we're just not going to agree on that one no I completely agree I remember obviously watching the final at home and you know um and you saw the police sort of gather up on the Liverpool end and and then you know you start reading things on on social media and Twitter and fans accounts of things and like you you start becoming incredibly worried for every single Liverpool supporter then every person who's involved in that you know who's stuck in that but then you guys were there and I remember reaching out to you in a DC group saying you know what can, the result is so secondary please get home safe you know because that's all you want you just you know you you care for people's safety is so much more important I forgot about that result do you know what I mean like it people are more important yeah they are uh, and it's like we forget that that's really worrying like sometimes we just seem to forget that and and slip into like who will we buy what will we do sometimes you know it, it's the wrong thing to focus on yeah and the correct thing to focus on is are people okay yeah um I've, I mean, when it happened, the day after was a bit of a crap one. Like, genuinely, just I, was, I think I had time to kill between flights. Sorry, between checking out the hotel and, and my flight. And I just walked around Paris, went for a bit of a walk around, play, trying to clear my head a bit. But, you know, you keep on getting messages from people as to how they're feeling. And you're like, shit. And by the time I landed, I'd just made certain decisions as to things that I just wanted to exit out of in regards to people and groups and such, et cetera, because their focus primarily was everywhere else other than the person who was impacted. yeah yeah I think that is a lot of people's worst moment of of the season um uh, I think that I think that will that one will be quite consistent but that's not my worst moment so I said I I, I'm sticking to actually football pitch matter rather than our our pitch I like it so worst match I said was the Chelsea draw but the worst moment were the fucking KDB goals against us so Kevin De Bruyne deflecting jammy bastard 
you know, like, you know, I get the pep thing going twice, twice, yes, twice, twice. (laughs) That was me. I think it was three times though, maybe, but twice, you know, you're like going, oh, for fuck's sake. And each time being a deflection, you're like, fuck off, literally. Um, Because the sliding doors way of life that then goes, if the deflected goals don't happen, who knows? Because in the two or against Man City at Anfield, Mo Salah, I mean, scored one of the, the best goals I've seen somebody score yes. ever. He sat the fuckers down, spun them around, and buried it. Yeah, against Man City. Southampton, different story. You know, some other shitty team like Watford. It was way back when, different story. Did it to Watford the week before about a different story. They did it to other teams, whatever sort of things. Um, sorry, not Watford the week before, but other, other teams around that. But, you know, doing it in that manner, in that way, against a team that's been assembled at the billions of pounds level kind of thing and everything else was just awesome. And that should have been a match-winning moment, a bit like when he did a wonder goal against Spurs. And then, you know, you had John Moss. Thank fuck he's disappearing as well. Um, Where John Moss had gone like, oh, did you see it? Is it a penalty? Yeah. Do you see on TV? Fuck off. So he remembers, I remember that from this, his first, uh, from Mo's first season, 17-18 against Spurs, and Harry Kane gets a gift of a penalty to make it to all. Sometimes some things should just finish at that moment, and that moment for that match to finish was at the point that Mo Salah scored that goal. So the worst moment for me, yeah, KDB goals against us. I like it. It's different. And I knew you'd always be a bit different. So thank you for that. Adding a bit of diversity and spice to, this, um, <laughs> to, 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 the, to the worst moment. It's good to, I like the fact that you stuck it to a football and you gave a mention to obviously the, the most serious thing there. Baji, 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 what a season we've had. So many great players, so many, you know, new players making an impact as well. You know, some of the old guard always sticking, you know, stepping up to uh, the greatness uh, that, that they have. So if you had to give an award for player of the year, a special Baji award, who would it go to? This is a tough one. Out of all the questions, this was the hardest one. Mm-hmm. And it's going to Joel Matip. I'm smiling. <laughs> so, because it's consistently delivered and been injury free. What a bonus for us, right? And scored. Like one of the, one, the marauding ones, they did a one two and he scored. Like, what more do you want? And, he sc- and you know what, he, didn't, he scored in some other games as well, which were quite vital. I still remember the Villa away, where 1-0 down due to, again, shit officiating. And, and Matic Bok gets on the other side. He doesn't header, it's like it's, he gets his leg to it, gets it in. That's a vital goal in a season, you know? And you've got to give credit where it's due. Then he did it at Southampton as well, right, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Joe Matic. What a guy. What a guy. Yeah, I mean, like when he got his, when he broke his duck against Leeds, I, I think everyone just burst out in fits laughing. Not laughing, but like, thank God he's finally done it, you know, like, because like you said, the marauding runs. But yeah, I like the Joel Matip chat. And I also like the fact that you mentioned that he kind of stayed injury free as well, because again, that's always been a concern as well. Um, I like that. A little bit of a hipster shout for you there, um, listeners. Right. Uh, Baji, um, you know, you've, you've been on some great podcasts and uh, we love having you on these podcasts. So um, AI podcast that you've enjoyed listening to or taking part in? So listening, I do like the post-match live. 
because it gives it takes away that boredom about getting out of Liverpool and the journey home, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, and I remember I was when it. God, what was that platform called? It began with R. Which you, was it? Rapple, Rattle, whatever it was called. When yeah. you first tried to do this live, do you remember? Way back when. Oh, I. Yeah, I it didn't last long. I can't remember. Gags will know, but yes. Yeah, that one. So and that got me really excited. Yeah, I was like, wow, yes, we're going to have live post-match match. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic, etc. And obviously then the platform itself didn't really work out very well. It wasn't great as a listening experience. Mm. Um, and then Discord comes along and then we have live pods and it's been fantastic ever since, right? Um, so, yeah, so that, that takes away so much for me post-match. Yeah, it's like in regards to what we're going to listen to. Because what have you got then? You've either got five live, which can be just an absolute shit show, talk shit, which just says it all. And I, I kind of hate, I don't really like listening to talk sport. So yeah. I, I try and avoid it as much as possible. Um, or fan-led media, fan content is much better. And it's much more wholesome. So it's usually my, my podcast um, snack, so to speak post a match is yourselves and then you've got the by that time by the time you've hit a certain motorway and timings of downloads and things being edited you have post-match draw as well and by between the two of those and everything else going on around you you kind of home that so i do like that um i've laughed a lot at the ai main pod normally mm-hmm. usually at the trev downey's expense or cam's expense um but the one i really have enjoyed which has been a real nugget this season has been the euro incision with Themis. He's good, they are really, he? really good. Yep. The thing is, though, he hasn't realized that Themis Casares now, he goes, but yeah, you know, people call him Scouse Themis. Yeah. Themis is like Themi. Themi is a wife in Punjabi. So he's your Scouse wife. <laughs> he's a Scouse wife to his wife. I, I love the fact that he talks about his uh, experiences of watching football with his wife. I've, I just find it so like, <laughs> brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really great. So those, there you go. Those are my pod moments and things that I've enjoyed. You know what, Gags? Well, obviously you've not heard because you're 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 on the second half of this podcast. But Gags um, gave a really really special shout out to um, your Sanjeev Basco podcast. He absolutely loved doing them. The Desi ones. Oh. <laughs> they were they were good. Oh, I mean, with with Sanjeev Basco, the great thing was that we just get somebody in their natural moment. It's not a script. It's, and the agenda is never really shared with him prior. So like myself and Gags will shape something in regards to questions that we're going to ask and what we're going to do. But he doesn't get to see him beforehand. So everything just comes out from him. And it's um, completely impromptu. And the second one, I mean, we did two this season. We, the promise was that we got to more finals. He'd come on. And we got to two more finals. So he came on. Um, and it's just so refreshing as well that you can tap into somebody who's in a completely different walk of life and listen to what they feel and what they say about football and specifically Liverpool. I know that there's those kind of experiences, the ones that you share. There's something quite magical about mm. that. Yeah, and if you did it all the time, it would lose that. It'd lose that kind of veneer, um, so to speak. It's a bit like, you know, when you get a really new toy, when you get a new toy and you just keep on playing with it and 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 playing with it. And then it kind of seems a bit lackluster because you've bashed it all over the place, um, like my son's toys. But 
you know, with Sanji was said, it's not from that perspective of a toy, but I'm just trying to think of a better analogy and I can't off the top of my head, but it's just that feeling of having someone with such a, like a, a different cheat perspective meal. of football. Like a cheat yeah. meal. Yeah, yeah, completely. And but a good what? cheat meal. A really, really good cheat meal. One that's worth the wait. But yeah, I, I get that completely. And I think he probably really, really enjoys it as well. The fact that he's not podcasting all the time. And then when he comes on with you guys, he's allowed to just fully express himself and just get it. You know, like it's just great content all around. It's it's a treat and it's a treat for listeners as well. I, you know, that podcast got so much, um, you know, great feedback for obviously, you know, yourself and Gags as well. But I think your guest as well contributed to that. But yeah, and you know, and I said to Gags as well, I'm like, side note, I've really enjoyed the Desi podcast and uh, you know, they they always like keep me um uh, I don't know, in good in good spirits about everything. We, you know, we and we've done them podcasts in some dark times. So um Harinda, you kind of touched on Nunes there. So transfer window hopes and expectations. Um, do you know what? This may come as a bit of a shock to you. Not, I'm not really a super transfer aficionado kind of guy. You know, I don't sit there and hang on everything that we do or sign or Same. Um, f- follow everything that was about to happen. Like as if, oh my god, oh my god, because it. I don't know. There's a bit of playground about it for me, and maybe that's just because I'm just showing my old age. You know yeah, what? I've been bur- I've people. been burnt in the past. Like I remember the Ian Air days, and um, I'm still waiting for you oh, know, and all that. To <laughs> he's so, on the, he's yeah. still on the fucking plane. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I've been traumatized. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm just gonna like step. Mate, back LFC TV was st- are still traumatized. You know, they've never done anything on the same on like transfer deadline day ever since that fated one where you know they were going to be at Melwood Live and all this kind of stuff. And fuck all happened apart from the lights being switched off. Yes, I remember that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like 11 12 season or 12, 10 11 season. I can't remember which one it was, which one it was leading into. Um, I think it was leading in from 11 12 into 12 13. So, Brendan Rodgers' first one. Um, you know, that's 10 coming up to nearly 10 years ago. Or so, so we mm. moved on quite a lot from then. But as I said, mm. for me, I, I just don't have that in me anymore. So now it's a case of whereby, okay, yep, great. You know, you hear the pulse of news in regards to Nunes or too many, this person, that person. And it's a little bit of excitement. All right, we're going to get something new. But with, with transfer windows and hopes and things like that, it's just for me, it's just I'm always a glass half full and trust the process kind of guy. So the earlier the player comes in my head, the more aligned to a preseason future playing vision kind of thing happening sooner is there but other than that it's it's just something that makes again it's a bit of time pass right who do we buy who don't we buy will this happen won't this happen it's not because you don't care there's one thing i just want to reiterate like some people in transfers they get really emotional about them for me it's a case of i i don't own the club it's not my money and i don't and i'm not the best person to judge who should come in and who should go out there are people who are better paid and more attuned to that job. So I let them do it. They haven't done a bad job. So my, my take on it is rather simple. You know, I trust the process. I believe that we only do, or the, the club only does what's good for the club, not just, right, let's go and spend money or spank money here, there and everywhere. There is actually a thought process to whom and why and how. So I believe in it. That might be blind faith. Don't care. Genuinely don't care. 
it's just I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's blind faith these days um you know with um how things are ran at Liverpool Football Club you know I don't think anyone can think of that because obviously every player that we link to obviously has been scouted Klopp obviously wants them you know there's a proper kind of structure in place so I don't think it's blind faith anymore um uh, you know just in general just how we do business and how our transfers have usually been a success I think that's fair to say so I, 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 I'd like to um, uh, be nice to you then say it's not blind faith at all <laughs> thank you yeah okay last one you know obviously this season you know we, we played every single game so what are your hopes for next season and your expectations what, what do you expect from this Liverpool side you know how, where can they go how can they progress how can they get better what do you want them to do um it's really simple. So next season, my hopes are straight, you know, go one better where we didn't this time. So definitely the league and CO double. Yeah, the quad's a beautiful dream. It will, it's a beautiful dream. And rather, I'd rather dream than constantly fear nightmares, to be honest. Um, but for me, win the league, win the Champions League. Because going toe-to-toe with City, and you look at the margins of error and where things didn't happen, and we've lost it by a point. Yeah, again. And things that could have gone our way earlier in the season, everyone's done it to death, right? The Brighton draw, the Chelsea draw, Man City draw, this draw, that draw, um, Leicester loss, that kind of stuff. So those kind of fine margins are where things are won or lost. They're not really happening towards the tail end of the season. They're happening right at the beginning. And you need a bit of lady luck. And our lady luck didn't happen this time around. But it might happen next time around. I mean, in the season that we won the league in 1920, we just literally went for it. And by January, we were so far ahead of people that mathematically, you know, genuinely, you knew. Because we all had that feeling came to the come the Leicester match around Boxing Day or after Christmas or whatever it was, that, you know, when Trent buried the fourth, that was it. It's happening. I remember coming onto your post-match pod that day as well, like being absolutely over the moon and excited, like genuinely feeling like this is it. This is the one. Mm-hmm. And then the time and the celebration was taken away from us by a very cruel disease. Um, and a pandemic that went global. There's nothing you can do about that. So I, I, I yearn for that moment of being able to celebrate that league win with people again. You know, I don't want to do it in my living room on a couch, watching it on TV and seeing yeah. everyone else raise something when we're not there. There's a lot of hurt still from that. Like even though it was such a joyous moment, it's still pains and stings. I can feel it like internally that we missed it. Yeah. That we as fans missed it. We didn't get to see it. And so I yearn seeing it. I crave seeing it. We did the Champions League. I had that in 1819. I won it again. Yes, absolutely. Because of the cruelty of what happened this year. Um, so for me, that's the thing. League and Champions League. League mm-hmm. Cup, FA Cup. Great. If they happen, they happen. I can't handle another 63 match season, I think. <laughs> I think my family life won't take it either. I would like to have my kids and my wife and my marriage not be disintegrated by football. So um, for me, it's a case of whereby it be the league and the Champions League. I think that is a pretty much consistent answer from all of us so far. That is exactly. Oh, really? I've not listened to anyone else so far. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's only been one podcast released so far. Um, you know, oh, okay. Yeah, we're, we're like kind of spreading them out. We've got a few. Um, obviously, I've, we've been listening to the contributors, but yeah, I think everyone wants the two big ones, you know, and uh, and I think that's fair. And you know, like you said, fine margins, nearly missing out, and it just goes to show that this team is more than competent to do it. You know, if, the, if those little things sort of ironed out for for the Reds in in those moments, you know. We we could have we could have been talking about a very very different uh, you know and even more positive um, uh, season. So yeah, I I think everyone wants the big two. We're really happy with what you know the two domestic cups, but yeah, them two are absolutely huge. And I love the fact that you kind of mentioned um, the fact that you want to actually physically be there celebrating as well because I think that was obviously really missing. And you know everyone, you don't have to be a Liverpool supporter. Everyone turns around and says, I wonder what a Liverpool league title parade would have looked like. You know, like I think everyone would kind of think and you know kind of wants to visualize that because you know you know it's going to be huge and epic totally totally huge and epic like i think if we win the league and win the champions league final uh, it'll be a case whereby you'd have the celebration on the day of winning the league but people will be coming back very quickly from the champions league final to make that parade absolutely i mean they, they did it for this time round, so it just it yeah. will it just speaks volumes. Havinda, thank you so much. That was awesome. Uh, thank you so much for for joining us. We really really appreciated your time, your insight, and hopefully hopefully plenty more of you on podcasts. Indeed. So roll on the summer. I mean, we've got what another seven weeks or so respite before we have the the, the inverted commas season opener, which is happening with the community tali or shield as people call it but it does look like a veg or non-veg tali that you get at most indian restaurants it does the community shield will always be that for me so that's the season opener and then obviously things kick off and we'll know probably what next week or the week after in respect to what the fixtures are so exciting times Absolutely, absolutely. Cannot wait, cannot wait. And a spoiler alert, you know how these fixtures go. It will be the Merseyside Derby and the Manchester Derby on the same day because that usually always happens. I wonder how. That is just such a freak incident. But um, yeah, um, guys, thank you so much for listening to... um, this season review with our two excellent guests. I hope you enjoyed it. Plenty more coming. Stay tuned. Um, Interact with us on Discord and on Twitter. Let us know your favourite moments, your worst moments. um, You know, share your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you guys. But guys, thank you so much for listening. Take care. Till next time, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.